Tonight. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is the new intro to our theme song. <laughs> intro to our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, only fair? If you leave that in. <laughs> this is the new intro to our theme song. <laughs> oh, that kind of makes sense though. Because we can have an intro to the theme song. Yeah. Like the intro could be. Boom, 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 boom. Hello everyone and welcome to episode five, I think, of the Three Out of Five podcast. How are you guys? How are you, Abs? I'm fine. Good. I'm Ryan's Toys Reviews. I'm <laughs> fine. By the way, we're making fun of the Ryan's Toys Reviews parody that PewDiePie did. Where Not Ryan himself. Nah, Ryan's a cool kid. I love the RHPC guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to make some sort of joke for Ryan Heger. Lol, but I love Ryan Heger. He's the best. Okay, you, you do some talking, You love Will more. Will? Yeah. Oh, you said Wilmore. I was like, who's Wilmore? <laughs> okay, so what is our topic for today, Abs? Um, a series of unfortunate events. The books. Here we no, go, not guys. The books. So. The TV program on Netflix. Yeah. So if you didn't know, Netflix has released the new A Series of Unfortunate Events series. And there's only one season out. How many episodes, Abs? You should know this. Is Trivia it, time. Quick. Um, uh, is it 12? 8. Oh. You were close. But it's wait, it's two episodes per book. book, which means they do the fourth book, I think. Yeah, which makes sense. Book. But oh, I'm excited to see what they do in the fourth one because uh, for those of you who don't know, a series of unfortunate events was also a film from over a decade ago, starring um, Jim Carrey, who plays Olaf, Count Olaf, <laughs> Olaf the, the Snowman. <laughs> Olaf the snowman in Father Zone. Oh, yeah. Want to tell everyone about Father Zone? Okay, so in school, we had this project in tech, and we had to make a stationary kit thing. Which I also did. Yeah, you also did that, because our school is very original when it comes to projects. They're always pumping out new ideas. Yeah. Just kidding, we love you guys. And, um... So I didn't know what to do. I just thought of Frozen. So I wanted, it said I had to do something that would veer towards children, which people didn't really stick to that much. But I did they Frozen. They did theirs on GTA 5. No, I did yeah. Frozen anyway. Then at the back, I realised there was a typo. And I put... Um, visit our website to win tickets to see Frozen live. Yep. I thought it said Frozen. But when I came home and I was showing Rahul, it said Frozen. <laughs> F R F R Z O E N. I'm like, well, I can't wait to see Frozen. And I looked at it, I was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh no. Father Zoan. So now Frozen is is now known as Father Zoan. Yeah. Well, they are making a Frozen sequel, so maybe that's what they'll call it. Father Zoan Disney, if you're listening, then get to work. Yeah. Re- rename the title, rename the scripts. It's Father Zoan. <laughs> it could be, I was going to say Elsa's father, but. They died, the parents. Mm-hmm. Spoilers! Spoilers. <laughs> well, okay, back well, yeah. to a series of unfortunate events. In the series of unfortunate events movie, they only cover books one to three. They don't cover any other books. 
And how many books are there, Abs? There are 13. Oh, 13 being an unlucky number. But that's what I like about the writing. Because it, it, the, the, the title of the series is A Series of Unfortunate Events. So it's not going to be a happy, a happy little tale. There's going to be lots of misfortune and unlucky stuff happening. So that's cool. Are you suspicious, Abs? What do you mean? Like, you know how people say 13 is a bad number? <laughs> what do you mean superstitious? Suspicious. Oh. <laughs> Are you suspicious of the superstitious? <laughs> this is worse than me saying. Oh this is the God. new intro to our theme song. Hey, guys. Abs is in so much cringe, she's covering her face with her eyes. I want to cry. You're going to stand next to here, Abs. Oh. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> Are you suspicious? <laughs> suspicious of the number 13? Yeah, I'm yeah, suspicious. It's still the same thing, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. She's mocking me. She's mocking oh, me in silent laughter. tears in my eyes. Tears in my eyes. Tears on the pillow. Don't spill that drink on the table. <laughs> that already happened. Ab spilled a water bottle on the table. And I just bought a new phone, an iPhone 6S. Which was very expensive, by the way. It was hard to justify that uh, spending that much. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> we have to. I did that intentionally. <laughs> Abs is mocking me, guys. Help me. Dude likes monkeys. <laughs> Dude's like, dude likes monkeys. Monkeys like bananas. Oh, everybody gets what they want. <laughs> Our favourite moment from the Rugrats movie. <laughs> if you've seen it, you sh- you'll know that it's a very dramatic moment where <laughs> Tommy Tommy loses his mind. He goes crazy. <laughs> He's been pushed over the edge by his baby brother Dill. And he threatens Dill with monkeys and bananas. <laughs> oh, bananas. The two oh. most feared things <laughs> in the world. <laughs> That's why we don't eat fruit in this family. <laughs> I like fruit. Same. Mm-hmm. Especially bananas. Yeah, I just made a banana loaf. Yeah, and it's good. Oh, thank you. What were, what were we saying? Are you superstitious? Oh, yeah. Are you, are you superstitious? I'm suspicious. No. Fair enough. So if your birthday was on the 13th, would you care? Mm-mm. No, I don't know. I feel like peop- other people would care, I'd which be, would make you care. I'd be aware, but I, yes. w- I wouldn't let it be something that gets in the way mm-hmm. of my day. Fair enough. Because remember when my operation was scheduled for Friday the 13th? Oh! And then it got changed. And then you lost an arm. I didn't lose an arm. I'm just kidding. She didn't. It's like that superstition about... Um, how brides can't see the groom before... Is it, the, is it the morning of the wedding? Well, they can't see them in the wedding dress before the wedding. Mm, yeah, there we go. But um, that that's just based off tradition and... and uh, um, because, Olden times. Yeah, because arranged marriages were more common back in the day, um, the bride... The, the groom couldn't see the bride before the wedding... Because they, the parents of the forced... I was going to say forced marriage. It is forced. The parents of the arranged marriage didn't want the groom to be put off by the bride if they were unattractive or if they didn't find them unattractive... Or if they didn't find them attractive, sorry. So that's why people say, oh, you, you can't see you can't see the, the bride before the wedding in, in a dress. That's bad luck. When nah. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, if you're superstitious, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
As we were saying, Abs. We've been recording for 12 minutes already. Yeah, and a lot of it was you laughing at me messing up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lol. Anyway, so there's 13 books in the series of Unfortunate Events book yeah. series. Mm-hmm. And how many have you read of the 13? 13. Oh, so you've read all of them. Except the seventh one was the most boring. Mm, I disagree. You haven't even read the seventh one. No, I'm sure I have. Okay, I, 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 Okay, so when did you first start reading the books, Abs? Um, I think year five, or was it year six? It was either one of them. So year five or year six of primary school? Yeah. And it's probably the same for me as well. Maybe even year four, but... Um, me, obviously, being older than Abs, um, I first found out found out about the books in the primary school library because I, I was I was just looking through the books in the library because I think it, it was a weekly thing of go to the library and pick a book and then you can take it home take it home over the weekend and read it. Um, so I stumbled across the fourth book of a series of unfortunate events, and if you look at the cover, I think it's mainly Klaus on it. And I thought, oh, this guy looks like Harry Potter. I'm going to read this book, <laughs> which is yeah, amazing. it's Klaus. Yeah, and then there's Sunny and Violet in the background. Yes, Ceres. For for book, yeah. So it, it's mainly Klaus and Klaus's glasses. And oh, I, I thought just, they were in the back. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, see. yeah. But I just thought Klaus looks a lot like Harry Potter, so I'm going to read this. Oh wait, is this? Oh no, never mind. So that's yeah, a, that's a different one. Yeah. So so I went home and read it, and I was really impressed by the writing style and the story even though i hadn't read one two and three i I quickly caught on to what happened i also started at number four you did yeah i couldn't find one two or three oh i can't remember if i read four then read one two i think i read four then read one two and three yeah but um, when i managed to get hold of them it was kind of good for me because i read the fourth book well i read up until book 10 i think and then... Number 10's a really good one. Number 8's really good as well. Let's see, a series of unfortunate Number 10 books. is The Slippery Slope. Yeah, I think I think I maybe got up to that one. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. I think I maybe... I was maybe about to start it. So I think I read 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And then, like, in year 5 or year 6 of primary school, the film was released and we got to sit down and watch it in primary school. And I loved moments like that in primary school where you'd have multiple years in the same room as well. Oh, did, yeah. Did you ever have that, Abs? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be like year four, five, and six. Well, that's maybe too many people. It was more exciting when you were in year, years one, two in reception. When I got to year four, five, and six, you were like, ugh. I was still excited. There. I liked it. I mean, I was at times. I liked it because you got to see people you wouldn't normally see. So I say when I was in year six, I, I probably didn't mind it as much because, number one, it didn't happen that often. Uh-huh. And number two, you got to sit on the chairs. Yeah, that's what I liked because in primary school when other people would come into your room, you could uh, take dibs on where you'd Because uh, you'd, you'd, you'd always be sat down already, so you wouldn't have to worry about people taking a seat. But if you were going into another classroom, then you'd have to sit on the floor. Yeah, cross-legged on the carpet with bad yeah. posture. <laughs> But I remember some people even got to sit on the on the chairs, not on the not on the and chairs, on, on the tables. tables, on the tables. People got to sit on the tables, which I looked forward to. But then I realised how bad it made your posture, so I was like, "Nah, I'll, I'll just sit down on the on the chair, thank you." 
But yeah, we watched it in a group. It was probably a couple of years, so either year four and five or year five and six. And it was good fun. And I remember, um, well, the, the teacher asked everyone what they thought of the film. And then I put my hand up and I was like, well, miss, um, because I've only read books four onwards. Um, I, I liked it because this covers book one to three. And, you know, it tells me stuff I didn't know. And they've done a good job of condensing it all into one into one film. I don't think you would have used the word condensed. <laughs> yeah, I was too dumb. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I did. I, was I kind doubt of it. Yeah, my vocabulary wasn't very good back in the day. No one's vocabulary would have been good when they were that age. Apart from Sonny? Maybe. Look at her, we have a picture of Sonny up, up on the laptop. Did she look cute? Yeah. But ba- but the like really baby, like small Sonny in the TV programme's really cute as well. Yeah. So we got very sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> 17 minutes. Yeah, what do you think of the series? Well, well the TV m- me and Abs have only watched three episodes so far, um, covering the Bad Beginning book and uh, the Reptile Room. Yeah, half of the Reptile Room. And you know my opinions, Abs, but... Uh, okay, the best part about the three episodes so far is the kids. I think the Borderlet children are well cast, and... Uh, a bit of a fun fact for you guys, uh, Klaus, I think the actor who plays Klaus is actually British, and what, one way I found out was, um, I was searching the actor's name, because he's not very popular or well-known, he doesn't have a lot of information on the internet, um, I don't think he even has much on his IMDB page, on like, how old he is, but um, I searched his name into Google, and it came up with his Twitter, and one of the first tweets, well, on the, on the Google page was like, uh, Theresa May, how could you do this? I was like, if he's American, why would he care about Theresa May, our Prime unless Minister? He, unless if he's really, like... Political. In, yeah. Yeah, involved in politics. But I was like, oh, maybe he's British. And then it turns out he is. But um, Klaus is British. And who in the original film, Abs, is not American? Not American. Yeah. You know this, because I told you. One of the borderline kids. Was it Violet? yeah. The actress for Violet, um, I think her name's Emily Browning. Yes, Emily Browning. She, she's Australian. And and there's there's a part where you can tell uh, she's Australian because her American accent just... Um, it, it, it just dips down. What was the word I'm looking Dissipate. for? Dissipates. It disappears for a second because you can tell she's really getting into the scene at the moment and her Australian accent pops back in. It, it's kind of funny, but... As a kid, I would have never realised, but as an adult, um, it was quite easy to pick out. But she she still does a good job anyway in the in the film. But yeah, um, I really like the Borderlake kids. They're good. What do you think of Sonny Abs? She's so cute. Is Sonny the only reason why you watch it? Now I want to find out what happens, but... Yeah. I'd say at the moment, probably. But do, do, do you like the Borderlake kids? Yeah, I like the kids. Do you think they're well cast? Yeah. I think they're probably the best cast people in the entire show. Yeah. I feel like everyone else around them is miscast or doesn't really understand their role. And it could be down to the fact that that's how the TV series is meant to be. Like, you're meant to identify with the kids more because they're more down to earth and it's their story you're, follow- you're following. So um, everyone, around, uh, everyone else around them is going to be a bit weird and... Yeah, just a bit weird. So, 
What what would you say to that, Abs? What do you think of the rest of the cast? Um, um I don't know. I mean, Lemony Snicket annoys me. Okay. Because... Shall we talk about Lemony Snicket then? Yeah. Okay, so do you want to explain how Lemony Snicket... So Lemony Snicket is the author of the books and every so on in the book there'd be a bit where he'd write himself. Yeah, he'd interject. Yeah. So he'd um, stop... Well, he'd, yeah, he'd intervene in the story and then... He'd um, explain certain bits, like meaning of words and things and... That does happen in the TV series, but it happens too often. Because you'd yep. get into a specific moment, then he'd pop up and it would ruin everything. And I don't want to be comparing it too much to the film, but it didn't happen very often in the film at all. Say probably about three times. Yeah, like when the, the kids would be moving from a certain place to another place. In, in transitional moments, um, Lemony Snicket in the film would talk, which would be fine. And it wouldn't be very long either. Yeah. We're like, no, the Baudelaire kids will move on with the help of Mr. Poe. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And what's the difference between the Lemony Snicket in this one and the one in the film? The one in the film is British and this one is American. Yeah, which do you prefer? The British one. I feel like the British one is more sincere. And yeah. you can tell he really wants to invest, investigate the, the story of the Baudelaire orphans. Plus, another thing is that Lemony Snicket, when you read, him, when you read in the books, he seems like such a sad character yeah and with a british british accent you can really tell that like, but then with the american guy it's more he's like well this happened to the borderline orphans and i'm gonna get a burger afterwards <laughs> <laughs> listen mr poe he keeps coughing all the time because his voice sounds very it's it's very neutral yeah stoic but it's not done in a very um considerate way i guess like you'd be like subtle but not yeah, he he does it he does it more for show, and the actor playing Lem- Lemony Snicket is Patrick Warburton, like the bread Warburtons. Um, yeah, an American actor, and I'm not sure if it's his fault or it won't be his <clears> fault. But still, I feel like he he's just telling the story, and he he doesn't seem he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like actually investigating the Borderlands either. He's, it feels more like he's just reading a script. That's it. Yeah, I get what you mean. Another thing is that in the film you never get to see what he actually looks like as well. Yeah. Which is what I liked in the books because there'd always be this person that would intervene but you'd never actually know who he is. Yeah. And they managed to keep that in the film. I was just thinking, if they never showed Lemony Snicket's face in the TV series, I'd be much less annoyed. But because... There's a face to that annoying voice being like, confounding means to be puzzled or confused. I found the Lemony Snicket to be more annoying. So, yeah. And also thing, I, another thing that I didn't like was when Mr. Paul comes onto Briny Beach and he's like, your parents have perished in a terrible fire. The way he says it, he has no emotion in his voice whatsoever. And he's just coughing all the time. It's it, it just annoys me. Like, he doesn't sound... It feels know. it feels like it's down to the direction as well. Again, I of, don't think it's his fault, but... It'll be a lot of... It'll be down to the director telling 
the actors how to do this certain scene. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is meant to be comical, but I'm not sure if that's meant to be in like a subtle way or if they want this to be a comedy. Because on, on IMDb, I think it lists the series as, well, the TV series as a comedy. I don't understand that. And there's parts where it is funny. It is humorous, where it's more like through irony. Yeah, sarcasm. Not sarcasm. And more dark comedy. Whereas this one, it feels more inconsiderate, the way they've done the humour in this. Like, some parts are actually funny. With Count Olaf. Yeah, because he's oblivious to stuff and the meaning of words. Which is fine, and I think they should do more of that, but... Yeah, it's just... He is quite smart. Cause there are times where he speaks, I'm like, well, he's quite smart, but he doesn't really show it. <laughs> yeah. Is that the way he is in the books? Uh... Or do you say that's more for the TV series? Because from memory, I don't recall... No. I don't recall Count Olaf being comical in the books. He no, seemed he very serious, yeah. sinister. But I feel as though that's what you'd need in a TV programme. You need some sort of... Comedy. Yeah, but I feel like it shouldn't be down to Count Olaf to provide the comic relief. It should be everyone else around them. So, like Count Olaf's henchmen. Um, Speaking of Count Olaf, who is he played by? Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, and what do you think of him? It's okay. So you don't mind Neil Patrick Harris in the role? Well... I mean, Jim Carrey did do a good job, but I feel as if I hadn't watched the film, I wouldn't really have that much of an opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I'd agree, because when you watch the TV series, there is a tendency to compare it largely to uh, the film. Um, And it can't really be helped, because they're retreading a lot of same ground. Uh, The only advantage the TV series has is, is it's doing something a bit different and a bit more because they're not condensing everything into like a two-hour film so yeah but i don't i don't like neil patrick harris's count olaf sorry well when i was watching it in school yesterday in drama yes lots of the guys were like i don't understand what's happening and when they got told the news that the parents had died the klaus Violet and Sonny. Yes. They're like, they don't even seem upset. And then the teacher explained that because of how their minds work, they're very smart and everything that's in their head is very science involved. Uh-huh. They have very scientific minds, so they'd always try and interpret things a different way. Yeah, but still, uh, I, I'm not sure. It, it's, they're kid actors as well, so they're not going not to... It's not that they're not good. It's just they haven't reached that kind of acting ability yet, I guess. But I, I do like the kids. They do They do a good job. I like the setting as well. Like the colours, the tone of it. Yeah. Like I'd, the atmosphere and things. Yeah, I'd say that's one thing they do right, but sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a mismatch or maybe it's because of the cast that... Uh, things don't work because the the setting is good um the budget's good for a tv series like um in in the reptile room episodes you get to see the reptile room in uncle monty's house and that's very impressive what did you think of it abs yeah i liked it so you think the budget's good yeah because there's a lot of detail in the background there's a lot of green screen yes and cgi (laughs) so 
it seems like they, they, they've planned out what would be their most expensive sets, like Uncle Monty's house and stuff and Count Olaf's house, and then they spend all their money on that and then they just get really cheap green screens for the rest. But I feel as though it's like what you said before. Yes. Um, about it being more geared towards children that they wouldn't really notice. Yeah, so uh, I haven't said this in the podcast, but I was telling Gabs the reason why I probably don't like this that much, like this that much, is because um, it seems more geared towards children. And even on the Netflix genre, is it family or does it say children? It says kids. Oh, okay. I think it says children eight to ten as well. Yeah, um, one of the reasons why I don't really like Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf is because he doesn't come across as sinister or menacing to me anyway. Like, he looks the part, I guess, but he still looks like Neil Patrick Harris to me, wearing a, a wig and stuff, so... And and it's Neil Patrick Harris's voice as well. He, he doesn't have a menacing voice. It, it's just oh. neutral, I guess. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, oh. the fact that Neil Patrick Harris isn't very sinister as Count Olaf uh, kind of makes sense, because you, you don't want someone too scary... Abs is putting on the TV show on Netflix. I'm not. I'm just trying to... On my to... laptop. But, um, yeah, the fact that Neil Patrick Harris isn't all that menacing as Count Olaf is kind of good because then kids would be maybe too scared. But okay. were you scared of... Uh... Oh, there he is. <laughs> would you be... Were you scared of Jim Carrey as Count Olaf in the film? No. No? I don't know if that's just because I wasn't very young when I watched it. Fair enough. But I wasn't well, scared. Yeah. But I, f- I found, like, I'd definitely be more intimidated yeah, by... Yeah, kids' TV. Yeah. So I'd, I'd definitely... This programme is witty and imaginative. <laughs> well, it's only witty because of the books. It fails in a lot of areas. But what was I saying? Uh... Oh, yeah. If I was in a room with Jim Carrey's um, Count Olaf and Neil Patrick Harris's Count Olaf, I'd definitely be more intimidated by Jim Carrey's. Especially because of his actions as well. Neil Patrick Harris's Count Olaf seems a lot more laid back. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't picture him. Well, there is one part in the show where he's brandishing a knife, and that seems dangerous, but... And he picks up Sonny as well. It didn't, it didn't feel like he was going to do anything. Did you get that feeling, or do you disagree? You well, can't when disagree. he did that knife thing, uh, I knew it wasn't going to, but I don't know if that's just because... I'd read the books. Yeah. Well, the the knife part was good. That was definitely one of uh, MPH's more... Neil Patrick Harris's more uh, sinister moments in the show. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced. And I really do want to give this show a shot, but it's... The writing as well. And by writing, I mean specific bits. Because I've already spoiled two things. Yeah, so spoilers for... Uh, the books and the film and the series, I guess. But what do they spoil at the very end of the first episode, Abs? They spoil the fact that um, the parents are actually alive and that they never actually died. Which... Which... Oh, <laughs> which? Which, in the books, I don't think you find out until the end of the tenth book. I think it's the yeah. tenth book. And I'm not sure, because I'm not sure if I read the tenth book. But I didn't even know that. And then when it got to the end of episode one, I was like, what? And then you immediately turned to me like, did you know that was going to... Did that happen in the first book? I was like, no. 
Yeah, and my problem with that is it takes away from all the tension of these kids being orphans because you feel less sorry for them if their parents are still alive. Like, you still feel sorry for them for going through a big ordeal and having to put up with the Count Olaf, but because you see their parents escaping from wherever they are in some kind of prison, you're like, oh, they'll be reunited soon, so what's the point of even worrying? Plus, it's even more of a mystery when you know the parents are dead. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so... <laughs> I'm coughing like Mr. Poe. That really annoyed me. And then Lemony Snicket ruined... Okay, so this is a spoiler for episode three. Um, the Reptile... Is it the, the Reptile, reptile room. Yeah, The Reptile Room. Yeah. So go on, Abs. So Lemony Snicket starts talking and he says something and then he ends up giving away that Uncle Monty is going to die. Yeah. Which you don't get any kind of feeling that that will happen. Well, you do in the books, but there is nothing that implies it in the start that he will die. Yeah. So for anyone like for anyone who hasn't read the books or seen the film, you'll just assume that the kids will go on to this new owner and that they'll be somewhat okay. Um, I'm just going to turn this down. But yeah, then then That's Lemony Snicket. Two. I know. Then Lemony Snicket comes along and he's like, "Oh, by the way, um, th- this guy is going to meet a terrible fate and will die. Tune in to see what happens." And it's just oh, and then, and then I was just like, "Oh, just want to punch this guy in the face." <laughs> uh, Lemony Snicket. Where- oh yeah, they just ruined it. They, they ruined it. Whereabouts? I was not expecting that. At all. Well, you were expecting him to die. Obviously, but I didn't expect him to ruin it like that. It was around here. So talking about dramatic irony is just... Yeah, so it's... Is it this part where he explains dramatic irony? Yeah. So me and Abs have found the part that um, gets spoiled in uh, the Reptile... The first Reptile Room episode. So it's the part where the Incredible Deadly Viper, as named by Uncle Monty... Um, lashes out at Sonny and then there's a pause and then Lemony Snicket interrupts. So, okay, we can read out the line. This would stop for a moment of contemplation over the cup of tea or some other powerful beverage. However... <laughs> okay, it's going a bit too fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's rewind it. Um... Okay, um, however, I can start, I can sit my tea knowing that Sonny Baudelaire absolutely survives this particular incident. It is Dr. Montgomery, however, who ends up dead, although not yet. Anyways, apologies for the interruption. And then he says cheers at the end. <laughs> He's the like, cheek of him. He says, Look anyways, him. apologies for the interruption. Cheers. Look at him sipping his tea. Looking all smug. Yeah. Like, hey, I, I, know, I, know how the, I know how this story ends up. And I'm just going to spoil it for you. No big like, deal. Cheers. <laughs> Like, no, so he's like, yes. ruined it. So Sonny survives this incident and I can happily sip my tea knowing that. But it's Dr. Montgomery who ends up dead. Dead? <laughs> dead. So, oh, that's annoying. I, I feel like this show tries too hard in trying to set things up afterwards or it tries too hard in the fact that it, yeah, it knows, like, the writers know too much and they're trying to set up too much. And they're just doing lots of winks and nods, like, hey, by the way, this this is going to happen, brace yourselves. Um, we, yeah, it, it it's hard ruined, to explain. It just takes away from the suspense yeah. that you get in the film. It's annoying. <laughs> 
So I feel like that's one part where the show just really, really fails. Are you going to still carry on watching more episodes, Abs? I'll still carry on watching it. Yeah. Because I really want to see what they do with The Miserable Mill. I'm most excited for that. Yeah, because... Because the first, well, the original film, not it's not even an original film, because you can have any interpretation, but because the film covered books one to three and I'd only read the fourth book, I'd be interested to see how they approached the fourth book, especially considering, um, I don't know, the fact that they can do the whole book and they don't have to pack it all down into a film-length thing, so... Yeah, I'll I'll just be interested to see how they do that, and I've, I won't find myself comparing uh, the fourth their interpretation of the fourth book to the film because they don't even cover the fourth book in the film. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Do Do you have anything else to say, Abs? Uh, not really. Do you think it, it seems as if people are enjoying this? Because I, I keep looking at reviews, and it keeps getting five star reviews. Even on Netflix, it's got five stars. I wouldn't say it deserves five stars. But then again, I wouldn't even give my favourite film a ten out of ten or five stars out of five stars because nothing's ever going to be perfect. Nothing's ever going to be the way you want it to be. Yeah. Oh, 9.5 is probably the closest I'll ever give my favourite film, my favourite song, my favourite book. Yeah. It's just how it is for me personally anyway. Yeah. But, um... If you like the show, and yeah, if you like the show, you've seen if you've seen it on Netflix, then let us know why you like it and what you think of it. Maybe in the comments if of the YouTube the books, video. If you've read the if you've read the if you've read the film, if you've read the film script, <laughs> you can tweet at us at three out of five. The th- the uh, the O in outer is, is a zero. Yeah. That's because someone else has that Twitter handle. But I'll maybe get. Uh, I'll maybe ask Twitter to, if we can change our Twitter handle to that to just normal three out of five, just because it would make it easier. And I checked, and that account isn't even active. Yeah, I don't see why that wouldn't be, an uh, um, yeah, an issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, is that everything for a series of unfortunate events? Abs. Um, we could talk about just this Strauss and. Um, Uncle Martin. Oh yeah, that's true, yes. So did you like Justice Strauss? Yeah, I like Justice Strauss. I thought she was good, but she still felt a bit miscast. But I think that's me comparing it too yeah. much to uh, Justice Strauss from the film. But does, does she feel like a justice to you? She, like a judge person? Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Cause okay. Because that moment of when she meets the Borderlands, you can feel that connection, that she is their guardian, but she isn't. I don't know. If that I know, makes but sense. that isn't. She doesn't. She doesn't seem to have that air of professionalism to her that a judge would have. Well, a justice would have, whatever they call them. That's my own opinion. But anyway. maybe that's just because she was talking to three children. Yeah. And Count Olaf. <laughs> she, she was still nice, though. Yeah. Um, and Uncle Monty. What do you think of Uncle Monty? Um. I think it got... I can't remember which bit it got up to in the... Wait. Which bit was it? Abs is scrolling through Netflix. 
BT dubs. I can't remember which bit it was in the... I think it was towards the start. I just got really bored because I felt as though he just talked too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, But then he showed the reptile room and then I got a bit more interested. Yeah. Episode three got more interesting as it went along. But a lot of it is Uncle Monty talking to the kids. Something else that they did differently was the cinema bit. Oh, yeah. So... um. Do you want to explain, Abs? You can explain. So in episode three, which is the Reptile Room part one, they go to the cinema, and from what you told me, Abs, they go to the cinema in the book, but it's briefly touched upon. Yeah. So they, they probably go and then they probably come back. Yeah. Whereas in this, they spend a lot of time in the cinema with Stefano, a.k.a. Count Can't Olaf, and they're watching this weird film... Like a, a zombie film that's obviously created by um, friends of Uncle Monty. Um, they, these people, the people you see in the film are actually in episodes one and two, or mm-hmm. is it just episode one? I think it's two as well. Yeah. It is two as well. Yeah, but Uncle Monty's got like the the, the spyglass thing and he, he gets it out whilst he's watching the film. The film has subtitles. It's set in English. Well, the film's, it, the film's English and it's got English subtitles. And then uh, he, he gets his spyglass out, and then he looks at the subtitles, and then uh, the spyglass picks out letters from the subtitles which have a hidden message in them. So he puts the letters together, and then he writes it down on a piece of paper, and it spells something. It spells out something like, uh, Baudelaire, kids are in danger, move to Peru. So... Wait, was, what was the girl... I know the guy's called Gustav. Um... We'll just call a receptionist lady. Because <laughs> I remember them mentioning a Gustav in the books, but I can't remember when. Uh, I can't remember where. Yeah, neither could I. I did, but the name was familiar. Yeah, I feel like I remember it, but that was in the... Th- it, was, it definitely wasn't towards the start, I don't think. Oh, well. But, yeah, they spent a lot of time at the cinema just for... That was a bit boring. Yeah, just for Uncle Monty to say, hey, I'm going to Peru. Like, kids, let's go to Peru. Uh, in the film, they keep it very brief, and Uncle Monty's like, oh, by the way, get packing, because we're going to Peru. Yeah, because in the film, they were going to go to Peru regardless. Yeah, because as soon as the Baudelaire kids arrive, they're like, well, we better get packed. And like, what, what do you mean, Uncle Monty? We're going to get packed? He's like, yes, we're going to Peru. Yeah. We're going to be doing a lot of research there, but you, I think your kids will like it. But well, well, what did you think of Uncle Monty? Because I know you touched upon him being boring and talking a lot. Do you think the actor's good? Yeah, the actor's good. I feel like he's maybe trying too hard to do a Billy Connolly impression, the way yeah. he talks. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit disappointed when he came up on screen and he didn't have grey hair. <laughs> yeah, because, I don't know, Well, when you think of an uncle, you think of this yeah. warm, old man. Not to say that uh, the guy who plays him doesn't have that warm personality, because he does seem very friendly and warm. And you can tell the kids like him. Something else that I liked in the film was before they went to bed, was he like, he was singing and playing... He was singing a mandolin, I think? I think that was, something? I thought that was really nice because it was such a nice thing to end on. And yeah. then it cuts to them finding out, or was it, I don't know. No, it cuts, I think Lemony Snicket um, interjects and he's like... Uh, well, I'd like to say that this was the happy ending that the Borderlay yeah. kids had. He uh, and then the doorbell rings and then you see the Borderlay kids just walk up into it in slow motion 
And then, um, like, unfortunately, it is not a happy ending for these guys. And then you see Count Olaf at the door as Stefano. Um, in this, I guess Stefano just just shows up. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah, Uncle Monty, from- Uncle Monty's not home. And then uh, Stefano comes in. Well, he doesn't come in. He, he knocks at the door. And the kids are like, it's you, Count Olaf, get away. Then Count Olaf gets his knife out and starts threatening them. But uh, the, the actor who plays Uncle Monty is the guy who plays Mr. Aziz in Spider-Man 2. So it's an Indian actor playing Uncle Monty, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but he, he does a good job. I like him, even though I feel like he's trying too hard to be Billy Connolly. In, yeah. But he, he still does a good job. Yeah. What do you think, Abs? Yeah. But I, I just don't get that much of, like, a warming uncle figure from him. Yeah. In a way, he does feel kind of distant. Like, he seems friendly, but... And I feel as though even if I hadn't seen the film, I'd still have that feeling. Yeah, you, you still feel a little suspicious of him, whereas... Yeah. Billy Connolly's interpretation of, uh, what's it called, Uncle Monty was nice, because he even says how he had a wife and kid, but they died in a fire. Yeah, Does that happen in the books? Does he mention that in the books? I think, maybe. I can't remember. Which is the reason why Uncle Monty in the film seems so open and warm to the kids, because he's had kids before. He knows what it's like to have a family and lose a family, so... He really appreciated it. Yeah, and he has this instant bond with borderline children in the film, whereas in this one, it it still seems a bit distant. And the kids... It it makes sense that the kids don't trust him straight away. Because even I felt like that, and I knew what was going to happen. Even I felt a bit iffy. (laughs) Yeah, so it makes sense in terms of the... The, the TV show, that it takes a while for the kids to trust Uncle Monty. But then when he tells them that he knew who he was from the start, you're like, yeah, okay, he he's on their side. Yeah, he's not an idiot. Yeah, he's not an idiot. <laughs> but still, he, he does seem a, a bit whimsical and stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like this one could easily get killed in an accident, whereas... Billy Connolly's Uncle Monty seems like he could put up more of a fight. Are you just saying that because... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's lifting a canoe by himself. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying this one doesn't... Yeah, this one could easily get killed in an accident. And then Count Olaf even throws, like, a plant pot at him. Yeah. And there's a lamp. Yeah, and, like, you can see the glass shatter on top of his head. And I'm just like, how is he not bleeding? Yeah, he just gets up and he's like... Oh, it's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about the lamp. And it's like, it, it happens to everyone over like, here. It's like, I know this room better than mine. I know that it could have been anywhere near the window. Yeah, well, he says that to the kids in confidence afterwards. Yeah. But it, it, this is a kid's show after all. And if, I don't know, if you're anything like us, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of like the show. But if you really want to enjoy it, treat it more like a kid's show. It's, it's hard for me to watch as an adult. And I'm not sure if I'd enjoy it just as much as a kid. I feel like it's not as dark as the books and not as... I don't want to say not depressing, but... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, really I want to want say to unfortunate. books again. I want to say unfortunate. What's a, what's a synonym for unfortunate? I feel like Klaus asking Violet. Uh, <laughs> Even though it would be the other way around. Uh, dark. <laughs> Dark and sad and... Sinister. No. No, and melancholic, I guess. Yeah, me- yeah. 
So I, I don't really get that vibe from the show, but maybe because they don't want it to be too dark and depressing. They want people to watch it. They want it to be somewhat funny so that audiences like it. It probably appeals to a more general audience than a more niche one that likes the books and stuff. So, yeah. I was looking for the first book in the library in school. Yes. And I, th- I think ones to three were taken out. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You mean but it's always Yeah. Uh. It's always books one to three. <laughs> Shame. Or maybe the third one was there. But I said there. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I have to get the third one. Um, but I really want to read them again. Yeah. Well, we'll I want to buy them as well, but they're kind of expensive. Yeah, on Amazon, how much were they going for? I think some of them were even going for £100. Let's have a look. Yeah, so all 12 books were £100. 13 And I told Abs that the reason why it's so expensive now is because the show's just see. come out and there's lots of buzz around um, the show so it makes sense that they boost the price of the books to make some more money you said 12 books did I? oh yeah Yeah. 13 Um, yeah the same thing (coughs) excuse me the same thing happened with The Walking Dead so when The Walking Dead was airing um, the compendium which collects a bunch of issues probably about 40 issues of something of The Walking Dead um. Uh, bu- 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 bu. The, the compendium cost like £40 and then when the TV show was no longer showing um, it was like £20 and that's when I snatched it I snatched it up I got <laughs> um, the first compendium for like £22 and it was quite a bargain and then it went up for like £40 Okay, so describe what you're looking at. Abs. Okay, I was looking for the reviews for the books on Amazon, and I saw a four star review and the like subtitle or the thing. It's, um, it says, "What's wrong with depressing?" Let's see another one, and the person's giving it a one star rating. Yeah. And the subtitle says, "Too dark and sad for my children." <laughs> but why are you putting that down? To the actual books. Don't give it a one-star rating because it's too dark and sad for your children. <laughs> yeah. I sound mean, but do you get what I mean? Yeah. It's like that thing. Okay, I was looking for a birthday present for my friend. I was looking at Harry Potter mugs, and one of the reviews um, someone had written... On Amazon. They gave it a one-star review. They said, I dropped this, and it broke. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've given it a one-star review, because <laughs> I dropped it, and it broke. <laughs> I blame you, manufacturers. <laughs> How could you not consider making indestructible mugs with, like, reinforced titanium and alloys and stuff? Exactly. Uh, okay, let's read the review. This is from Geostrategist, Geostrategist, whatever, Strategist. however you say it. Um, one star review, too dark, and sad, uh, too dark and sad for my children. My children have seen a bit of the film and we thought the books would be good stories for them to read. We bought the whole set, but after the first one, my children decided not to continue. The plot is very dark and bleak, and from their opinion, not enjoyable. That's First of all, they say, we thought the books would be good stories for them to read. If you think it's going to be like a light and happy story, well, what's going to give you that idea? Surely you would have seen that from the film. Yeah, and when the title's called A Series of (laughs) Unfortunate Events... Don't... Oh! Even at the start of the film, it says, don't watch this if you don't want something to... to watch, he talks about some. He talks, yeah, briefly about elves. Oh yeah, in the film. Yeah, I, I missed that because when 
um, we were watching the series. That was the first thing I was expecting in the TV program. I was like, where's the elf? Where's the happy music? And then it like has the rewind thing. And then you hear Lemony Snicket talking. That's what happens in the film. Does that happen in the book? No, he talks about elves in the book. Okay, so, there's yeah. Not, there's no rewind. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But still. So, yeah. So Lemony Snicket in the film. It, well, the the film starts off with, like, some dancing elves and it's, it's like, all colourful. Yeah, and then, then it cuts to, like, Lemony Snicket saying... If you enjoyed a film about, if you want to enjoy a film about happy elves, then maybe you should go to a different cinema. Um, yeah. Because this is. It talks about, even talks about like a screen number. Yeah. Then exit this, this thing here, then go out screen three. Yeah. But uh, you should know that this story is very dark and depressing and um, it's very sad. We're, and the way he says it, I think it's Jude Law who plays Lemony Snicket. He does it with a lot of. Um, Sadness in his voice, and he... I feel as if it was, yeah, it's like what I was talking about with American Lemony Snicket. <laughs> I wouldn't have felt that way, yeah, if it was him. You're like, well, if you're gonna tell me that, I'm just gonna turn this off, <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, this guy sounds very sad, so I kind of want to know what happens. It's like I was watching a YouTube video, and then there was a thing, and it said, don't skip all over the whole ad, and it made me want to skip it even more, yeah, reverse psychology. <laughs> well. Um, so yeah. What, what, what were we talking about? The price of the book. Before. Yeah, okay. so the books are going for like £65. These, These are, are in paperback as well. As well. Oh yeah, one used. Four new from £64.99. You can still get it new, but it's going to be paperback. The ones I read at school were hardback. I'm pretty sure these are hardback. I wonder what... I know what the paperback ones oh, look like. These are the hardback ones. It says paperback, though. Yeah. I'm positive these were the hardback ones. No, it said hardcover on some of them. But oh. some of the sets were not... Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure these were paperback. Well, it says hardcover. These ones are going for £75. And when I was comparing these to the Harry Potter ones, the Harry Potter ones cost... Did, I think like thirty pounds for the whole set. Yeah, it's fair enough considering there are more books. But you'd think because Harry Potter is such a big franchise, yeah, that they'd sell them for more. But apparently not. Yeah, just move your chair in a bit more up so you can get closer to the microphone. But Abs was saying the the Harry Potter books were cheaper than the series of unfortunate events books. But that's probably because there's just more buzz around series at the moment, and plus you do get thirteen books. Yeah. So you are getting, you are paying for six more books. Yeah, I didn't realize the books got larger as the series went on, but I guess that happens with every book. Well, every book series, not every book series, not every book series, because like that it doesn't happen in Harry Potter. Yeah, well, it gets big. Like the Order of the Phoenix is the biggest book, and it's the most boring, <laughs> and then it kind of dips down, and then. Goes back up again. So, is that everything we have to say about yeah. a series of unfortunate like, oh, events? Oh, we'll only record for like Wait, 20 minutes. Moving a bit more? Yeah. <laughs> I, I said to Abs, we'll, we'll, we'll only record for a tiny amount of time because I've got stuff to do. And now this has gone on for nearly an hour. But, oh well. It, it was a good discussion. And I feel like th- there's a lot to talk about uh, in the show because there's a lot... Not a lot we don't like, but there's stuff that doesn't quite work and it's annoying because I like the books and this show has so much potential. I like the Baudelaire kids. 
and the budget is okay. The sets look really nice at times, but I feel like everything else around it just doesn't work. It's just frustrating. Because I liked when they went onto Briny Beach and it was very dark and the saturation was quite low. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, you still get these bits of colour with, like, Justice Strauss's house and... Uncle Monty's and house Violet's and dress. <laughs> yeah, Violet's dress does pop a lot because it's very pink, but it's kind of desaturated as well. But yeah, would you recommend the series of unfortunate event series to someone? Yeah, to a friend. I recommend them. It. So you'd recommend the TV show? Yeah. Fair enough. I, on the contrary, will say, do not watch it. No, it's fine. Give it one episode. Because I feel like once you've seen the first episode, you get you get the gist of what the show's like, and I don't think it will go anywhere else in terms of direction and its conventions. It's got it's got its own rules, and Lemony Snicket's always going to appear and be annoying and spoil stuff. I'd say the only reason I said that was because I'd like to hear a person's point of view from someone who hasn't read the books or seen. Which is the fair film. enough. That's probably the only reason why I'd recommend it. Yeah. But even then, I'd still want to know what people think. Yeah. But I, I feel I feel like I can't really judge the first few episodes properly because I haven't read the books. So it feels unfair for me to compare the episodes to the film and not be able to compare that to the book. But, yeah, just treat it for what it is. It's just a kid's TV show adapting dark books, I guess, into something a bit more light-hearted and uh, something for everyone to enjoy and access, I guess. So there we go. Are you happy to end our discussion on series of unfortunate events here? Yeah. Yes. Shall we talk Stranger Things briefly? Okay. So we've seen the first two episodes of Stranger Things and I asked you apps to watch it for quite a while. I kept asking you to watch the first episode, but then it would be like... Eight o'clock or half eight, you'd be like, oh, it's too long, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. It's only because when I want to watch, like, the first episode of something or a film for the first time, I want to be in the right mood. Yes. With the right kind of, like... Atmosphere? Yeah, because... And mindset? Yeah, there we go. Because I feel as though I won't enjoy it as much if I'm tired and I need to know what's happening. Yeah, which is fair enough. Because when I first watched the first episode of Pretty Little Liars... I, there, was, there was a reason why I closed the curtains. It's because, number one, I wanted to dim the atmosphere, but number two, I wouldn't be distracted. I said, too weird. Um, I wouldn't be distracted by what was going on outside. Uh, <laughs> so I just really want to be involved in it and engrossed in it. Yep. So you just want that level of immersion. Yeah. And I, I feel as though I can't judge it as much if I'm not watching it properly. Fair enough. And that would be unfair on the TV programme. Yeah, but then well. you watched the first episode, was it last week? Yeah. I think it was last week. It was last week. And did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. What, what were your impressions of it? At first I was a bit, mm, on watching it because when I first heard of it, I thought it'd be very sciencey and orientated a lot around science. And sci-fi. Which, I mean, it's not that I don't like that, but just personally that isn't for me. But I still wanted to give it a shot. And then when I yes. actually watched it, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. What do you think about the 80s setting? I like the 80s setting. Yeah. It's something different. 
Yeah, because I feel like if Stranger Things was set in the modern day... I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, you just think, oh, it's it's just another alien or monster TV show or something. But um, what, what do you find it similar to, Abs? Uh... There was actually something in mind, but I didn't know what it was. Super 8? It wasn't Super 8. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say Super 8. Oh, I can't remember what it was. A but kid's TV show or something? I think it was to do with the guy, the cop, who's trying to find him. Because I just felt really bad for him. Why? Because he lost... No, he didn't lose his kid, I think. Yeah, he lost his daughter. Yeah. His daughter died. And then there's a part in the second episode where... Um, Joyce, I think that's her name. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, you, you do this for your kid, wouldn't you? And then he, then the guy just stops, the police officer, and he just walks away for a moment because yeah. he, he, I guess he doesn't really like talking about his daughter or listening. Because uh, when you first see him in the programme, you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this guy very much. He seems quite... Yeah, so the main mm. police officer, he's got a beard. Um, his he, house is messy. Yeah. <laughs> When when he's brushing his teeth and getting ready, he's having a cigarette and has a sip of his beer and stuff. But With then, his medicine. Yeah. But then, as the, sh- as, as the first episode goes on, you realise that... Um, well, you find out that his wife and daughter move... Well, they live in a different part of town or... No, they, they live in a different city. And it's only just revealed that his daughter died. Not how. It, they don't tell you how. But then you're like, oh, it makes sense that this guy doesn't really look after himself. Um, he's clearly very upset about losing his daughter, which is why maybe he's so keen on finding Will. Yeah, which is why I just really felt for him. And there was something that... I don't know if it's something I'd watched. Like a film or a TV show? It might be a film or it could be a TV show, I don't know. Both? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's something we'd watch together or something I'd watched myself. But was it just the fact that this guy was a police officer who lost his kid that made him willing to help out on, well, searching for Will, the yeah, other kid he goes missing? that kind of thing always gets to me. Yeah. But it's cool. And what do you think of the kids? Okay, can you tell me all the kids' names? Not their nicknames. <laughs> Dustin. Yes. Lucas. Will. And... <laughs> Frog face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know his name. Okay, what about the girl? You don't remember the girl's name. I remember her friend. Is no, friend the girl. <laughs> oh, Eleven. Yeah, L. And what does L say to uh, the kid whose name you don't know? I don't remember. He's like, good night, L. And then she actually speaks and she says, night. You don't remember, you don't no. remember his name. There was a long silence there. His name's Mike. Oh. You remember, he's like, my name's Michael. Uh, Mike for short. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, and then. That's probably what confused me. Fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember their nicknames? <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. What, what are they? There was Midnight, Frogface and Toothless. Yeah. Did that, wasn't there one for Will or not? No, because Will wasn't there, remember? Oh, yeah. Because they, they just went to school. Will went missing the, the night before. And, and then the bully comes in and is like, yeah, he's just... Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> the bullies come along and they, they make fun of the three kids. Because they're... What, what do you think of the kids? Describe them to the listeners. They're quite... I don't, I don't want to say average. 
I guess they kind of are because they don't draw a lot of attention to themselves. Yeah, they're, they're the quiet nerds. Is that how you describe yeah, them? A bit like me. Because what, what do you see them doing in uh, in the? What's the first thing you see them doing in the show? Um, are they playing a board game? Yeah, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Plus, don't they get excited about the science thing as well? Oh, yeah, they talk about winning the science fair, the four of them. Yeah. About three years in a row, and then they got third one year. Yeah, and in the first episode, they get excited. Well, they, they ask their teacher if it, yeah. if it came. They're like, oh, what did come? Yeah, that was and it. And then it turns out to be a ham radio or something. And they're like, oh, can we can we contact Australia? And then they start doing accents and stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're just like your average, quiet, nerdy kids who... They have their own friendship group. It's just the four of them. They don't really... I guess they don't really have friends outside of the four of them. And, yeah, they don't draw a lot of attention to themselves, but bullies would go up to them. So, yeah. But but do you like the kids? Yeah, I like the kids. Yeah, they're cool. Which is your favourite? I don't know. <laughs> Dustin. I like Dustin. <laughs> Although there was a funny moment in oh, episode yeah. two. I laughed a lot. We and Abs were watching it together. And um, it's where everyone's having dinner. It's at Michael's house. And it's Michael and his family and Lucas and Dustin are there. And um, Elle is upstairs, well, 11. And she casually walks down the stairs. You can just see her in the really background. Really slowly. Now, then, <laughs> like lo- actually looking at them as well. well she, I think she was looking at them. No, she just casually walks past. I'm pretty sure she looked at them. Maybe briefly. And then Michael's... The way Michael sat, he can see... 11 walking down the stairs he's drinking some milk and then he just chokes on his milk he like it, 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 the milk just goes everywhere around his mouth I just laughed because just because of how casually 11 was walking down the stairs and through uh, the, the hallway I was wondering why you're laughing so much I was like did I miss something and then the kids are just they're like slamming the table and overreacting <laughs> like I had a spasm because the the family doesn't know that they have this girl, this mysterious girl in this in in their house. So it's only Will, Lucas and Dustin who knows. Not Will. It's Michael, Lucas and Dustin who know. And Will yeah. might know. <laughs> we don't know. I guess. We have to find out. But we've only seen the first two episodes. And I'm excited to see more. We could watch some more today. Yeah. It, it is good and I like... I like everyone in it. The, the cast is good. Uh, what do you think of the monster? Um, we see it briefly in episode one and briefly in episode two. I felt really bad for um, Will's mum, Joyce. Yeah, because you can tell she's... She's so frustrated. Yeah, and I, I love... There's that flashback in episode one where um, where she's, she's looking at like this little tent thing they have in... Um, what's it called? There's like this little tent they have in the forest. Yeah, that will made and and then Will's mum Joyce asks if they want to go to the cinema like oh you got me tickets but I wasn't allowed to see that like, yeah like yeah, a horror film mine. and then the mum's like well I wanted to get it just for you and then she's like and because I'm a witch and she starts tickling yeah. him and stuff I thought that was really sweet and it's really like flashbacks like that that make you just care for the characters more and appreciate their their interaction because you get an idea of how close um, Will, the kid who goes missing, is um, and his mum, and uh, it's only Will, his mum, and Will's older brother Jonathan 
that live together. Their dad uh, doesn't see them anymore. He's got another partner living in the city. And are you, are you trying to find the, the moment? Yeah. The funny moment. But yeah, uh, and you can tell Joyce is this mum who's always taking on loads of shifts. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the way Dustin slams the table as well. <laughs> he's, he's got milk on his eyebrow. <laughs> and then poor Holly, she just cows in a chair like oh. But as I was as I was saying, you, you just get uh, you just get an idea of how close Will's family is because it's just the three of them, and you f- you feel bad for the mum and Jonathan for losing Will. So yeah. It's a good show, and I can't wait to see more, as I said before. Do you have anything to add, Abs? Um, not really. No? I feel like I need to watch more. Yeah. Do you have an idea of where the show will go? Um, probably, yeah. What do you think will happen then? I think more and more people will end up being taken away until the four manage to come up with a plan. Yeah, and because Eleven has superpowers, yeah. uh, she'll obviously be helping the three other guys. I mean, I suppose it's a bit like Pretty Little Lies in the sense that they take away the people that you love until there isn't much left. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I guess. But, um, oh, there's a picture of Stranger Things Season 2 that's been released. Here you go. Can you tell what they're wearing? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Outfit. So that's cool. So... We haven't even seen all of season one yet. I'm excited for season two. How many episodes two. are in season one? I think it's ten episodes, which I appreciate. I think it's ten. It's probably ten or eleven, but I appreciate shorter series because it means they don't drag things on for way yeah. too long. So I, I'd rather quality over quantity. Oh, eight, eight episodes. Ah, oh, well, I guess that's better in a way because it's less for us to watch, but it'll be good because it'll be good stuff. For us to watch. But yeah, I feel like that's everything about Stranger Things. Oh, one thing I was going to mention is uh, when you first see the uh, the monster in episode one, it reminded me of uh, Slenderman. Because it's this tall, dark figure and he's just really slender. And there's that part where it's like walking towards the house as well. Do you remember when Will's running away from Oh, it? yeah. Did you find that creepy? Yeah. I found it creepy because it's the, the way it moves as well. It reminds me of a... This scene encouraged the cowardly dog. Let, let me find it. Encouraged the cowardly dog. <laughs> in Hindi. Whoa. Why has that been searched? I don't know. <laughs> Wait. Um, here we go. It's th- with the guys like, return the slab. In fact, I'll turn it up so them can hear it. It's so creepy. I don't. Uh. 20 things that scared us as kids. That scared me as kids. It's a Simpsons one. Right, here we go. That reminds me of Kate Bush. Yeah. When <laughs> he's in the cut. <laughs> if I watched that... Wait, how old were you when you watched that? Like, maybe seven or six. I would have been scared. I mean, I got scared of story makers and that wasn't... That's a kid's program. Yeah. It's not even meant to be scary. That was on CBeebies. Oh... This is the stuff of nightmares. And there was something on Lazy Town that I got scared of as well. Robbie Rotten. No, I think that was a parody that I got that you showed me that I got scared of. Oh, maybe. But how creepy is that? The guy's like, return the slab, and it's just 
it's in the fact that it's a CGI thing as well. So it doesn't fit in with the aesthetic of the cartoon. Let's have a look at the... Are you looking at the comments? <laughs> what, would you, what would you do if this came to your backyard? <laughs> I, I just now saw this episode and I never changed the channel so quick. I'm about to be 20 and I'm still scared of this guy. SMH. <laughs> well, there's lots of swearing in the, in the in the comment section. I never saw this episode. Chris um, showed me... This. Look at how That's creepy. That creepy. Is. Was this supposed to be a show for children? <laughs> yeah, it was on Cartoon Network. <laughs> but obviously, they didn't really mind or care about these things back in the day. So, yeah, creepy times, creepy times. Oh, well. Well, this show has gone on long enough. Do you think, Abs? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say. Shall we go on for another hour? Do you know how you said that um, they they probably care about this stuff more now? Yes. Well, you see small kids playing GTA Five, but then we were discussing this in our re. Yes. We were talking about how um, you get people as young as like sixteen joining the army, yet you have to be a certain age to play Call of Duty. Yeah. Well. I don't know why, but that really. Like, it stood out to me when someone said that. I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, it, it depends. I'm not sure. Like, I don't really know much on the topic, but maybe those who are, like, 16, when they join the army, they have different roles, at least to begin with. Yeah, but even back in, like, the old... Well, that was the olden times, so I don't, I'd rather not compare. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird world we live in. But, yeah, anyway, we can... I just I just needed to say that. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Well done, Abs, for raising it. High five. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. It went on long enough. We had a lot of things to say about a series of unfortunate events. And we touched on Stranger Things briefly, but um, I I definitely prefer Stranger Things over series just because I feel like it's more well put together. But that's just my humble opinion. Do you have any closing thoughts, Abs? No. Okay, so what, what should our listeners do? Um... You can like can they comment? Or we can leave a review. Yeah, well this is this is going up on YouTube as well. So um, you can comment down below your opinions on Stranger Things and a series of unfortunate events. Bearing in mind we haven't got that far. Into either either of them. Yeah, so but, try not to leave too many spoilers, but Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify on the main channel I said I was taking a break from making videos which kind of includes podcasts as well. And we have a podcast episode that's over an hour long. Um, so I'm just going to spend my time um, editing this and not rush it because uh, I'm going to burn. Because <laughs> I just want to make sure that um, I'm prioritize, prioritizing my time. Prioritizing my time to learn the theory for my driving test. Well, for my theory driving test. Your te- you mean your theory? My theory. So, yeah, I'll just spend like 10, 15 minutes a day editing the podcast. Uh, but we'll still we'll still announce it when it's out and stuff. So look forward to it then. And by that time, we might have even watched a few more episodes of uh, each show. Well, it's, it's inevitably going to happen. It's undeniable. <laughs> yeah. um, I still probably will watch the rest of the first season of a series of unfortunate events. Just because I want to see... What they do with the fourth book. 
I was gonna say I think I'll watch them all, but I'm not too sure. Is that bad? No, it's fine. I don't know. I think if they're gonna continue to go about not spoiling things. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Then I don't know if it'll be worth it. Well, but anyway, let's not talk too much. Yeah, we we can always watch it at like <laughs> yeah. two times speed on Google Chrome. Yeah. So yeah, but that's all we have to say. Thank you guys for listening, and. We will see you next time. So good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. We have to end the show. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay, bye. Whoa. <laughs>